Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel where we're breaking down the Farmers Insurance Open. How y'all doing? We're back talking some gal for y'all today. And what are we going to be doing here? Well, we're going to be going quick little preview of what the course is, what to expect. Schmack it with that real quick. But then we're getting into the salary range by salary range. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can kind of see a little bit of a preview of that at that upper 10K plus range. Five golfers this week with some question marks in that range for sure in terms of just what do we expect out of these guys? Is there some injuries that we have to worry about? And where I'm going in each range, where my early interests as of right now on Tuesday are, we're going to finalize some of those things throughout the week. You can check back in on Patreon. I already have the projections, rankings, and ownership all done. I'll reference those throughout this. We can reference some of the stuff that these guys have been doing in their recent form at previous events as well. And as always, we'll try and find you those spots that are really going to make sure that you fill out your lineup and the strategy at the end of the day, right? Those spots where they're lower owned in the mid range, trying to play for leverage, which is a very good idea for DFS golf or some of those lower owned guys that are really lower price guys that are just going to allow you to do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup in terms of that 8k plus range where usually most people are going to be owned how can you get different how can the combination of your overall lineup construction actually be in a situation that gives you a chance to win by yourself some tournaments so with all of that said please do like button you know big old subscribe button pops up and that notification bell because there's a chance tomorrow at noon wednesday at noon we will be doing a live stream for this PGA event. So be sure to tune in, tune in for that. We're doing live streams every single day during the week for the NBA. We're putting out NBA videos. We're putting out MMA videos as well with Manpreet on this channel now. MMA Lock of the Night. Fantastic content all the way around. So show you boys some love. If you're interested in a betting video for the PGA, let me know. I know some people probably are. I would like to be doing that or maybe teaming up with somebody else to be doing that. So if you have any names, be sure to drop them down below. But thank you so much in advance. I appreciate all the support that we continue to get with the NFL season closing up now. Just the Super Bowl left, not officially done, but pretty close. PGA is going to become even more of a priority for me in my content, even more of a priority for me with my time. Today's video sponsor and we're presented by Monkey Knife Fight, who Monkey Knife Fight themselves just had a massive acquisition. Shout out to Monkey Knife Fight and all the people over there that are going to be watching this for Monkey Knife Fight. Shout out to all of you, whether it's John, whether it's Nick, whether it's Zach, whoever it might be. Adam, I appreciate all of you people a ton that helped me just working as a part partner and just getting me where I need to go with some of the stuff that we need for some of these ad reads. The partnership has been beneficial. The partnership has been fantastic. So shout out to all of you guys. Shout out to all the people that are a part of that organization anyway. It's been fantastic. It's been dynamic seeing you grow. It's been exciting. So well-deserved. And look, it's just the beginning. So crush it. But anyways, the ad read for Monkey Night Fight is basically... It is a player prop site. There's a lot of interesting props that you can play on there. Over under overall fantasy point scoring, which if you have the projections on Patreon below, you can pretty easily look and see if you have a pretty good read on that or not. So you can just start to look at some other things, like just how many birdies somebody has to make instead of just your entire lineup and trying to hit that in a big millie maker. Those are fun too, but this is just a different avenue to kind of take part in the gambling and fantasy space, if you will. So... With that all said, my last name, Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, will give you a free money bonus up to $50. You put in 10, they give you 10. You put in 25, they give you 25 all the way up to 50. You want to put in 50, bam, you got 100 in your account to use. Again, my last name, Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, get you that bonus. Thank you, Monkey Knife Fight, for being the presenting sponsor of the DFS Golf Show. So why don't we hop on into this thing? This is where Mark Leishman was last seen, was last seen with a pulse, if you will. Uh, Mark Leishman winning here last year was very nice to see. Now what you're going to be getting in this field is Rory. We finally see Rory coming overseas, coming over from Abu Dhabi, I believe, coming over with jet lag, coming over with some pretty poor players. Late. We have John Rahm returning with new clubs and also potentially an injury we're saying here now, a wrist injury, whatever this is going to be. You have some other guys up in this price range at the 10K plus range that we can look at when we get into it. Tony Finau, again, not being able to close on Sunday last week. But the course here, you're going to be having the south course and the north course, and you're going to be able to have to take out that driver and swing it. For this year, for the first time, the south course is absolutely a monster. And no, there's no difference here. Not one's a par 70 or one's a par 71. They're both par 72s and 
of course, the yardage can be a little bit different than what I'm saying, but yes, a 500 plus yard difference from the South to the North. But if we're looking at just for DFS purposes, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to have to play both of these courses. So I want some gutty who can drive. I want people who are accurate. I want people who are okay to an extent scrambling. It's not that much of an important stat in my opinion, but really just distance and accuracy on that distance for the first time so far this year out of the couple events that we've covered is going to be very impactful because of Torrey Pines, the South course. It's also important to call out that at least per PGAtour.com, they're going to be playing on the South course over the weekend. So you have to make the cut to actually play the South course. So if you just want guys to get you through the cut and you don't care if they have no distance after that, you think they can maybe some strategy and them just maybe being decent enough to get to the weekend. And then after that, they fall apart. I don't know why you'd be trying to build your lineups that way, but in order to actually win, you're going to have to conquer this almost 7,700 yard course over the weekend. And I believe that is where the U S open will be played. We're not going to have any Tiger Woods in this one. He has some back quote unquote surgeries, procedures, potentially not procedures, depending on who you're going to be looking like Graham Dillette on Twitter, whatever it might be. But yes, that's basically it. Like if you want to be looking at specific things you need for this course, be sure to check out the weather. They're playing on a coast. So coastal courses, you might see some weather come in. You can just look at some weather. There's some channels out there just basically tracking wind is your big thing. But outside of that, yeah, distance, that's what I want to be looking at. You can look at some other stuff in terms of putting splits here in terms of what the cut line is going to be. But at the end of the day, just waiting distance a little bit more accuracy, a little bit more things like that. Your, your longer iron ranges. Those are the type of things that if you are building a model, if you have a tool that can help you build a model, if you're just hand building and trying to actively think about players profiles that fit into this is guys that have longer iron play and are good with their longer irons and are just better overall with distance because you're going to have to win on the South course over the weekend. So you might as well have some sort of distance instead of just trying to sneak your way through to the weekend and then do absolutely nothing after that. So with that said, let's get into these salary ranges. We can start up right up top with John Rahm. And yes, there are concerns last week. He had to pull out WD because of his injury, but he's had very good success at Torrey Pines. He likes it. California kid, right? So he won this back in 2016. He finished second last year. Now it's been different each year in terms of they're adding distance to this place. So if anything, it's getting more difficult. So you haven't really seen the same guy here every single year because the course is changing a little bit. But for the most extent, yeah, three top fives in the last four years is pretty damn good to see. Now the injury will be the concerning thing and really just whatever happens with the ownership will probably be something that you're going to have to be monitoring. Right now, early on in the week, I do have John Rom picking up a good amount of ownership. I expect John Rom to be one of the highest owned guys this week. He's not my highest projected player right now and you can find all this down below on Patreon. But as of right now, I do have John Rama as probably going to come in in the top five in ownership right now he's in the top three of my ownership projections on patreon that you can find down below for every single player but he's also my highest overall projected player right now if the ownership does become like to the point where he's five percent owned higher than anybody else it's just an easy fade and go to somebody else whether it's rory who has some question marks tony finau after last week and he's always consistently going to be owned tony finau is just an ownership fade for me at this point in this price range i currently have tony finau as the highest owned player at above 25 percent. again this can change and we'll update this throughout the week as we get more news on tuesday or just more data on tuesday and wednesday and even thursday to work with but yeah tony finau at ten thousand seven hundred has had great course history here a top 20 each of the last five years he's had three top 10 finishes here so yes he's been very good but if the ownership is all going to go off of that he's coming off of last week i might hedge this with a tony fina one and done pick that's somewhere where i'm leaning early on right now i'm not too sure yet I'm probably not going to bet him outright but at ten thousand seven hundred dollars in DraftKings, i'm just looking to fade ownership to the most for the most part i'm looking to leverage this range the leverage in this range right now is probably going to give you some xander and patrick reed towards the bottom guys who have i mean xander no course history here he's missed a cut four to the last five years that he's ended up playing here only one made cut that is and then patrick reed also not the greatest here and he's probably a little bit priced up for this just contest in general he's probably a mid 9k range player in my opinion so if you're looking for leverage in this range that's where xander and patrick reed come in and i'm fine to play xander i know the course history has been terrible here for xander but i'm okay to get there he's number two in this field in strokes gain total right now he's top five overall in t to green play if you're just looking at the off the t play if you're looking for that distance off the t yeah he's top 10 in that regard too a lot of these guys up top are going to be there for you right you have rory who leads the field in off the t play you have ram who's number two so those are the three guys in the 10k plus range that i'm going to be going for i'd probably rank it right now overall ram 
from Xander and Rory factoring in everything. Projections, ownership, and then I'm going to be fading early on Tony Finau because of that ownership. Patrick Reed, I'm just not there. If I have to choose, I'll just go to Xander, who's going to probably have similar ownership at a higher projection right now for me. I currently have Xander projected for about four more fantasy points down below on Patreon than Patrick Reed. So that's why I'll be leaning right now. I'll take the distance and the in the increased distance that you're going to be getting out of guys like Xander, Rory Rahm, especially over Patrick Reed, where if you're looking for Patrick Reed, yes, the putter is going to be something that's really clicking for you. But then outside of that, we have some off the tee game from Patrick Reed, but it's not to the point where above $10,000, I feel confident that if he makes the weekend, which I would suggest based on his make the cut odds and his level of play that he should be making the, the weekend here. He hasn't missed the cut here, at least in the last five years. He had a WD back in 2015. So to close out the 10K plus range, give me Rom, give me Xander, give me Rory in that order. Again, a lot of question marks up here. If you wanted to fade the whole range, I probably could not argue with you. But in my opinion, uh, Tory people who win here, especially because of distance and kind of can be a bear on the weekend, which you're going to be getting from the South course, I'm probably going to be sticking to at least one of these guys in my upper range lineups. And I'm not against going for two because I think a lot of people are going to try and build balance this week. We now get to the 9K range where Harris English hasn't played well here. If you're just talking course history in general, the last time that we saw Harris English was after he ended up, he tried to defend his, his victory at the tour of champions or the tournament of champions. He finishes 32nd at the Sony. Nothing was terrible there. Like around the green play was just a little bit off and he just didn't have his A game, right? He was just fine overall at $9,800 season play for me. Definitely not a priority. If we're trying to get to the guys that I'm really looking for this in this range, like we have Brooks here in a decreased price point. If Brooks ownership where really lately has not been all that high, he's coming off of the American Express where it's 8.7 and now he's coming off a miscut and really back-to-back miscuts the last time we saw him at the OHL in December last year. I currently have Brooks in single-digit ownership. If that thing starts to get closer to like 5% instead of 10%, right now on Patreon, he's at 9% projected ownership. You can see the rest down below. The only time we've seen him here was back in 2017. He missed the cut. So Brooks at $9,400. I don't have interest right now, but if it starts to get to like 4 to 5%, that's something that I'll start to tinker around with. I played Brooks last week in my main lineup, my single entry lineup, and he misses the cut. So obviously, obviously, people like me and just in general, anybody who played him, not a lot of people wanted to play him last week, single digit ownership. Now, nobody's going to want to play him. If it starts to get the four, I can jump back on in some lineups. So here's what we're seeing early on right now. Hideki is somebody who has fared well here, and Hideki is somebody who has been playing well. Number five in TD Green, number four around the green. If you're just looking overall right now, he's a top 10 strokes gain total player. But my concern is, and what my concerns were when I was starting to create this just breakdown to begin the week and where my interests were lying, my concerns at $9,200 is that Hideki would start to become very highly owned. Like the last time we saw him at the Sony, he was just 5% on right after he came off a terrible, terrible performance at the Tournament of Champions, and he was playing well at the Sony, right? He finishes 19th while still losing 3.8 strokes. Like, the putter is completely broken. You should probably rely on at least two strokes lost with Hideki when he's coming into an event, and then you have to bank on him gaining 6.8 strokes like he did at the Sony, or gaining 9.8 strokes. I mean, that's a little bit high and out there, right? That's kind of an outlier performance, but gaining close to 10 strokes overall to the green. Hideki right now, it makes sense based on how he's coming off of the Sony and where his price point is. He's cheaper now than he was when he was coming off of the Sony because of just the overall competition in this field being a little bit more difficult. So $9,200, he's going to pick up ownership. He's a yes right now for me early in the week. That can change to him maybe because of the ownership. And a guy right next to him in Victor Hovland, probably because of Hideki soaking up some ownership as it stands on Tuesday. Hideki coming in around double the ownership as Victor Hovland. And Hovland is normally a guy who picks up ownership 14%. The only time we saw him this year at the Tournament of Champions back at the Houston Open, he was a very, very highly owned player when he finished 15th overall. Then he won the OHL. So Hovland right now, I mean, he's been fine, right? We don't really have much history of him right here. The concerns, if you're looking at Hovland, I mean, the off the tee game fits here well, right? The putting is always going to be an issue, but if you're going to play Hideki, who's a much worse putter than Hovland, then you might as well go to Hovland at 9,300. So Brooks will be alone. Sanjay always picks up some ownership. I think Hideki soaks up a lot of the ownership in this range. And if that's going to be the case, I like him right now. So if you were to just like fade all the guys up top, well, then you don't have to worry about ownership as much. So if you were to start your lineups with a Hovland and a Hideki, you're already probably unique. So Hideki, yes, looks like a fantastic play. But if you're talking about in this range where the ownership pivot is going to be, it's going to be for me to Victor Hovland. I have Hideki right now as the highest projected player only below Harris English in this price range. And he's only a half a point off of that. 
After those two guys, though, it's Victor Hovland for me. So Hovland looks like a nice pivot. Hovland on Super Draft, if you're somebody who plays over there and you use our code or whatever it might be, I like him the most in this range. Hovland is the best Super Draft play in the 9K range for me. There's other guys in this range, like a Scotty Scheffler, who's probably going to get just no interest after what he did last week is probably the most popular player in the field and then he comes out there and he not, does not do much i haven't projected for single digit ownership right now i'm okay to get there the only time we've seen him here was last year he ended up missing the cut matthew wolf very similar situation where he was a very popular player last week he was my one and done pick last week and that obviously did not work out all that well my one and done to start the year have not been great he finished 40th overall i mean not the worst not a missed cut but you're getting like fifty thousand dollars it's not going to help you out that much basically he was just meh everywhere right he ended up losing in the short game overall 3.2 strokes with his putter and around the green play the approach play was fine for for Matthew Wolf. We've seen him here once, but in this range, again, he's priced right next to Hideki and Hovland. Don't expect that much ownership for Scotty, who can just go out there and score. For Scotty, who's very good off the tee. So right now, you know what? We're going to make Scotty from a no to actually somebody who's going to be a maybe because you're getting somebody who was, I mean, it's just a flop lag, right? It's somebody who off the tee is a good player, whose ball striking is a quality player. Overall, T to green is very good in Scotty Scheffler, and we know he can score. One week ago, yes, the course doesn't fit as well for him, but still, it's fine. One week ago, he was the most popular player that you're seeing out there, and now he's nowhere near that. So if it's a little bit of a flop lag here, Scotty Scheffler is another other option for you in this 9k range i'd rank the 9k range right now let's just say that you're just starting your lineup with the first guy in it hideki hovland scotty and harris english let's just say you're trying to get different in this range i would go then hovland scheffler hideki and harris english let's now go to the 8k range Alrighty, we're in the 8k range now if you're watching on youtube don't worry i'll scroll down a little bit as we get more towards the bottom of it and also if you're still here right now hit the like hit the subscribe do those things as we're kind of midway through the video in this 8k range i'm happy i'm happy not because the nfl is over i don't want it to be over but it at least opens up the opportunity to now focus even more on golf now we've been making the projections rankings and all that stuff for this year but i think i'm going to add a betting video so i mentioned that earlier it's just exciting for me to just have a little bit more time to focus on golf i personally like golf i used to be a turf science major so i like golf a lot it's just that when the nfl the, the heavy hitters in town takes a priority for me as i'm sure a good amount of viewers of this know you're probably transitioning over from the nfl into this we've been playing dfs golf though right it's just now having even more time to make even more content potentially for it which is very exciting go on some more shows reach out to some more people so now as we start the 8k range somebody in here is just going to probably be probably be blah, 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 probably be fool's gold and that's mark leishman who's coming off of a number four place finish right we saw him at the tournament of champion just be average in a small field event but he loses five strokes with the putter and still finishes 24th okay is there some life for mark leishman then he finishes fourth at the sony last week gaining strokes everywhere and the big thing was that mark leishman's irons were finally clicking we haven't seen his irons click how they did last week since this time last year right and i mean six over six strokes gained on the irons the last time we saw that was last sony so literally last Sony was the last time that his irons were clicking. That's something that's good to see. We finally saw him got the putter figured out. It was the first time since August of last year that he gained strokes putting. He gained 2.6 strokes putting the most since July of last year at the Memorial. So there's a little bit of life here for Mark Leishman now, but here's the concern. He's priced up because he's the defending champ. He's priced up to an extent because he's playing better, but yes, he won last year. He has a second place finish here back in 2014. He has a couple of other top tens and top twenties at this event, an eighth place back in 2018. The concern with Mark Leishman is now the ownership is going to be 15 15 percent 15 plus percent in this range so i'm okay to fade mark leishman so what are you talking about he's 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 top fiving last week he's playing better he's now going where he won last year and he has a lot of success here i get all that right but if the ownership is going to follow it if everybody else is thinking the same exact thing well then the play every piece of ownership that comes in on that play makes the guy a worse play so if he was five to eight percent on yeah mark leishman's a quality play he's playing better we're tracking that we keep up with it we're kind of ahead of the field in that regard but now if the field is just all caught up and even if the field is getting a little bit ahead of themselves and just relying everything from one performance last week and then course history which is a small factor to begin with, 5 to 10% at most, in my opinion. Well, now if people are going to be leveraging his last week performance at like, let's say 30% and his course history at like 30%, well, obviously, obviously just way out of bounds there, right? So the ownership of 15% of Mark Leishman, it would be, in my opinion, high. 
I think that that's at least 5%, probably two times as much as it should be. If towards the end of the week, if you're looking at Patreon and you see ownership of 6 7% on Leishman, good play. I think he's a fine play. 15 20%, not a good play at all. So you have Siwoo in this range. Siwoo coming off a victory. I'm fine to get away from that as well. Has not had a lot of success here, but outside of just that, like he's going to set up nicely in some areas, right? Just TD Green play in general. Ball striking is okay. The off the tee game for his price point, I could probably get away from it. The bump up because he won last week, I could probably get away from it. Bubba's in this range, and Bubba's somebody that probably is not going to pick up all that much steam, even though the off the tee game is something that really clicks here. Again, we're trying to look for guys who are pretty good when it just comes to driving in general and also the accuracy on that. I have Bubba coming in with lower ownership to this point, then a Mark Leishman, then a Jason Day. That just immediately, if we're just talking about ownership and just strategy from a DFS standpoint, Bubba stands out for me. He's number one in this field right now, which is pretty crazy in ball striking, number three in off the tee play. And what we're seeing out of Bubba is last time you saw him at the Masters was not good. Before that though, life, right? At courses like this, at some longer courses. Um, we saw some life at Zozo, at the CJ Cup, two top 10 finishes. He's playing very well until the Masters. And now people don't want to jump back onto him. We haven't seen him in a while, which would be your main concern there, but I'm okay to take that risk. Now, the main guys that I like in this range, we can talk about that. So if you're watching on YouTube, I just switched Bubba to a yes. I had the wrong guys as yes and maybes. Jason Day is a quality play as well, but very similar to Mark Leishman. I would rather Jason Day than Mark Leishman. He's very hit or miss. You're probably getting a miss cut or a 60th or a borderline top 10. That's basically been Jason Day over the last year. It's basically miss cuts or 60th places, or you're getting top like 15 to top 10 performances. Jason Day is a quality GPP option. He's won here before, but outside of Bubba Watson in this range, I would say Adam Scott is my next favorite player. Adam Scott, somebody that we've seen actually be playing a couple weeks in a row now, which is not something you normally get out of him. I think that Adam Scott at $8,300 is a little bit too cheap for what this field is and for what his win upside is, just kind to trying to kind of compare him to Ricky and Louie and Will Zalatoris down here and Billy Horschel. I think that the win upside of Adam Scott, once you start to get below, let's just say in this price range in general, like Bubba, I think there's win upside there. Leishman, there's obviously some win upside there. You can say Jason Day, but I think Adam Scott in this entire 8K range might have and probably has the highest win upside for somebody who's been playing quality. Has not been great, but he got a 21st at the Tournament of Champions in the smaller field, a 41st at the Sony. The main thing that kind of fall apart on him there was his approach play. That's something to keep an eye out for because before that, the approach play was looking very good, right? The off the tee overall has been just quality so far. He just gained over five strokes off the tee last week after gaining over a stroke the week before that. So right now, I think that Adam Scott, $8,300 and Bubba Watson are my favorite plays in this 8K range. When you factor in the ownership that's going to be coming on in on them for the 8K price point, Bubba average to below average. And if you're looking at Adam Scott, he's going to pick up ownership. But early on right now, it seems like guys like Leesman, Day, and even Ryan Palmer are picking up a little bit more. So kind of is going to go a little bit under the radar. Let's go to the 7K range, and up top is where I'm shooting at the 7K range to start. I like the guys up top in the 7K range a good amount. What you're getting is Gary Woodland, who there is some concerns, right? You have Gary Woodland, who took the break. He had the injury. He looked absolutely horrific. And then we finally got the scene for the first time this year, and he looked good. At the American Express, he basically gained strokes everywhere. He looked good on approach. He looked good to green in general, and he finished 16th overall in the same exact range, like $7,600, and he was at low ownership. Last week, he only came in at about 3.8% ownership. I expect this week, though, it's not going to be that simple. I think that Gary Woodland probably picks up a lot of ownership. So unlike last week when we played him and we were on him and we enjoyed the 4% ownership but a decent finish of 16th for the price point, if the ownership is going to be 20% this week, easy fate. But if it's like 15% or below, I think that's fine. I think you play him in any type of lineup build, right? No matter how chalky lineup already is, 15% or below, that's fine. That's average to lower ownership. So he missed the cut here last year, but then four finishes before that where he was pretty much improving every year, a 20th and 18th, a 12th and a 9th. So four top 20 finishes. He's had success here. If you're just looking about how he sets up here, anything over his last 50 rounds, yeah, it's going to look absolutely atrocious because he was playing with an injury. Last week, it looked like he finally got that back. He gained strokes uh, off the tee. He gained strokes on approach. He had 7.8 strokes gained total. That's the best that we've seen out of Gary Woodland since his fifth place finish at the workday in July when he was actually healthy. That was during the midst of a stretch where he was he gained seven strokes putting in that event, but that was a mi- where he was the like number one putter out of the restart. It was like 10 straight events and he was gaining strokes putting and he was fantastic. Has not been the same guy, but it's not been terrible with the putter. And yes, if we can now see that last week is an indication that he's a little bit healthier, I like it. But if every 
everybody is thinking that and to a very confident extent and owning him at 20 plus percent we can get away from it so right now right now gary Woodland is a good play based on his projected ownership in my opinion next up we got my boy from canada himself who is my number one point per dollar value play this week and that is none other than mr Corey connors Corey connors who's a hundred dollars cheaper than gary woodland Corey connors who right now in my opinion is probably going to be coming in a little bit too low owned and he sets up nicely for this course i have connors right now coming in around 10 percent owned again i have him as my best point per dollar play on the entire slate meaning that in the 7k range if you're just taking his point per dollar and now when we look at ownership that's not that bad arguably just projection wise my best play on the slate doesn't mean that in reality when you factor in some human intuition that he is but projection wise looking like my best point per dollar bang for your buck not overall projected points bang for your buck on the slate the knock that you can say against him is we haven't seen him this year but before the last times that we were seeing was fantastic and eighth at the zozo top 25 at the houston two top 10 finishes in a row after that the masters the rsm finishes the ohl with a top 20 where his price point is right now albeit a tougher competition than some of those events he was playing in towards the end of the year last year like the houston open right like the rsm like the ohl because the masters was sandwiched in between those and people would just weren't playing all those events needless to say though he was still playing well he was gaining strokes basically everywhere from the zozo on gaining strokes everywhere gaining eight or more strokes total in three straight events that's how you finish top 20 and borderline top 15 in three straight events so people are not on him because they haven't seen him but if you're talking about how he sets up for this course i mean the recent form looks good the ownership is low enough the projection looks good and the strokes gain off the tee right now top 10 in this field the strokes gain total borderline top 10 number two ball striker only behind bubba in this field in terms of your last 50 rounds yeah Corey connor's for me right now is my favorite play in the 8k range is one of my favorite plays in the slate and i'm hoping i'm hoping that you people out there don't play him so that the ownership doesn't spike up that's just a joke go ahead and play him go ahead and get yourself the dalruskis go ahead and get your lineup set up with Corey connors go ahead and watch him lose seven strokes around the green like he does and you end up missing the cut and i get the dms on twitter saying what's wrong with you sal and i'll just say nothing that's life so we keep on going we got sam burns who burnt a lot of people pun intended last week jason korak these guys are in play for me taylor gooch carlos ortiz is somebody else who grades out as a pretty nice value play this week as well for me he's not to the same extent as you're getting right now with Corey connors but in that seven k range you start to find some pretty decent upside plays like the six k range you're just looking for cuts that can do something decent maybe a top 30 or top 40 in the seven k range you got win equity here for guys who are uh, a decent chance to make the cut but also win equity out of some of these guys carlos ortiz is a top five value play for me this week again not the same extent as Corey connors He's not the same type of ranking. He's a B minus in my rankings on Patreon when Connors is a B right now. And this stuff can change, but Max Homa is somebody that we got to see some life out of last week, had a top 10 here last year. And I also like that Max Homa, the mental state. If you're, if you're listening to the Mike Stud podcast or the, the You Never Know podcast, very good. Max Homa's on there. He's talking about how he's over the past year and really over the stoppage the last month of golf. He's just changed his whole mental state. And it's, he says it's helping his game a ton. We saw him last week for the first time, and it seemed to actually be clicking. And then after the event, he just said, I deserve, or you guys deserve better, but I'm very proud of myself. And he was just positive thinking, all that type of stuff. I loved it. Love to see Max Homa. I'm building a narrative here that probably doesn't exist all that much. But if that man's mental state, if his game's actually on, then his mental state's on, makes me feel a little bit better over the weekend for a guy who is in contention on Sunday. We'll scroll down to the bottom of the 7K range where we'll find some familiar names on here. And now you're starting to get to the point where ownership down here in this lower 7K range is not as much of a factor. Some guys are going to pick up ownership. I think you get some guys picking up a decent amount of ownership, but most of that's like 5% in this range down here i do think that brant snedeker who has had success here he has three top tens including a win in a third place last year in his last five years he'll probably be the one that gets the closest to 10 percent if any of them do for me that's an okay play but i can just pivot to some other options around him one of those options could be mr doc redmond who yes people are going to say what are you talking about doc redmond and this is the exact same situation with scotty scheffler doc redmond actually made the cut though but he finished 70th place basically dead fucking last after making the cut he lost seven and a half strokes total last week and it was not good by any means so as long as there's no injury that comes out i mean this was one of his worst performances 
performances that we've seen. This might be his worst performance overall that we've actually seen out of him in terms of total strokes. I remember that he had a pretty bad showing at the Northern Trust last year, but this is on par with that as the worst that we've seen from Doc Remen. But you get a guy who was wildly popular last week. This week, when it comes to just off the tee play, at his price point of the low 7K range, he's not a great distance player. He's not a great off the tee player, but he's okay. He's top 50 in this field, right? He's a good ball striker overall. He's good on approach, and we know that he has some decent long irons. And now you're getting a guy who just plummets in price because of last week and also a tougher competition. But you're getting a guy who last week, like Scotty Scheffler, insanely popular. 16% owned last week. That's pretty good. Anything like over above 12% or 15% in golf is starting to become chalky. 20%, you basically are chalk. You're highly owned at that point. But it's the same thinking process here and thought processes. If Brant Snedeker in this range is soaking up the ownership, I'll go to the flop lag guy from last week, who at least sets up decent. I think that Sepp Straka is also an okay play in this range. Sepp Straka is kind of in the same category as Doc Remen. I don't think he has as many downfalls. He's not nearly as bad. Like Doc Remen is arguably the worst around the green player. Like you have Corey Connors and you have Doc Remen in this field. He's, he's the Hideki of putting right now. That's how bad he's been around the green. But Sepp Straka, another guy last week who was playing very well for basically a month straight. It was or a month and a half straight. It was the first time he hadn't missed a cut in like six or seven events, maybe ever in his career. Then he goes out and he misses the cut. He also loses over seven and a half strokes overall. And it was mainly on the approach play last week, which is not normally the case for Sepp Straka. Normally a pretty good approach player. Over his last 20 rounds, he's getting about a stroke on approach. So Sepp Straka in this range is another option that I can go right back to after just one down week. These aren't priorities, right? Cameron Tringali is a guy that probably gets you there from maybe the north course to the weekend. Then that south course can give him problems because he's not that great when it comes to off the tee, but he has very good irons overall and decent long irons. So that can keep you in play if he's actually trending through the weekend for this low price point. Harold Varner is probably the guy that I like a lot. The one thing that you're not going to get is putting, though what you are going to get is some distance down here. You're going to get some accuracy from Harold Varner. You're going to be getting a pretty nice value option this week and somebody that at the exact same price point as Brent Snedeker, who has a lot of the course history. Again, people seem to be overweighting that course history here. He's somebody that seems to be picking up ownership. Harold Varner is my number six overall value play this week. He's a B minus in my rankings because, you know, he's $7,000. He's projected out for 57.3 points. It's not like he's projected for 65, so he can't be a B or a B plus. But for the point per dollar upside, this will be the first time that we've seen him this year. And he's coming off of not looking great. A missed cut in a 71st at the OHL. Houston Open, an easier course with a weaker competition. Look good. Shriners look good. He's very hit or miss. Like Harold Varner is going to give you something that four straight missed cuts here is going to be very hard to stomach. But playing some of the better golf last year that we've seen maybe his best season last year at times, again, inconsistent as it was. He can have a great Thursday and Friday and then fall apart on Saturday. And Sunday, he's just kind of trying to backdoor top 25. But inconsistency is the definition of this range. And if 10% of the field wants to play Brant Snedeker and 2% of the field wants to play Harold Varner, I'm fine to go to Harold Varner, who I projected as a better play. So in this 7K range, the lower 7K range, that is, I think Corey Connors is my favorite play, as I've kind of mentioned, in the entire 7K range and maybe on the slate. But in this lower 7K range, I'm going to be mixing and matching guys like Sepp Straka, Doc Redman, Harold Varner, Cameron Tringali, all these guys. I'll probably avoid Brant Snedeker if that ownership holds. I think Rory Sabatini is also in play here. Lucas Glover, all these guys in this lower range. The guys that are currently yeses for me, though, Straka, Redmond, Tringali, and Harold Varner. We can now finish it up with the 6K range. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even think I really have any interest at all below $6,500. There's a couple of guys towards the top here. Tom Hogue at $6,900. I'd rather go to that Harold Varner lower 7K range. But if you're looking just for a guy, top five finisher last year, just for a guy in this range, I think he looks at least decent. I think that the guy that I probably like the most in this 6K range, he's towards the upper range. So you're not going to get that much value compared to the other things. He's at $6,900 as well. No real reason to be pointing out ownership here because that's going to be kind of uh, besides the fact you're going to get like 2% owned on all these guys, if not 0.5% owned. But Kevin Stillman, again, he'll be like 1% owned. Kevin Stillman is somebody that's coming off of a miscut at the American Express. Before that was playing fine last year. He sets up decent here from a ball striking perspective. So does Hendrick Norlander. And Norlander is also pretty good when it comes to, he's in that same range, not as bad, but pretty close to Redmond in terms of really bad around the green. But when it comes to off the tee play, when it comes to overall strokes gain, especially the ball striking, because he has good irons and a good driver as well. Norlander is somebody that can actually make some sense here. That being said, though, he has not had success here. So these guys towards the upper six carriage, they kind of get grouped in with the guys we were just talking about in the lower 
7K range. I think that Norlander and Streelman, probably over Tom Hogue is where I would go the most right now. The rest of the 6K range is kind of just what it is. Luke List is going to grade out pretty well here. He's made three straight cuts. He's had some decent performances. It's basically because he's a top 10 off the tee player in this field. He looks like an okay value play at $6,800. He's fine. There's nothing strong there that I have feelings for. He's just as live to miss the cut than he is to finish top 30 or top 40 that you need in this price range. If you're looking for just some other guys that fit that distance part of the weekend, Keith Mitchell, if he can even get you to the weekend at this point, terrible around the green, terrible approach, but a good driver. You have a pretty nice driver out of Adam Schenk. Well, I actually think Adam Schenk at $6,700 is more so in play than I probably thought at the first part here. He has not had good success here, but again, just the way that he sets up, the way that he had a, a pretty nice middle of the year, pretty nice summer last year as well on the tour. But that's it. I'm not going to just keep pointing out names here. Like, let me look at just my value overall right now early in the week for these 6K range guys. Tom Hogue is somebody who stands out. Johnny Vegas at the bottom of this range at $6,500. He's just always a guy that the stats like, if you will. Johnny Vegas right now, number five and off the tee. It's just a distance, right? But I don't want to overweight that for these cheaper guys because I have no clue if Johnny Vegas is actually going to be ending up making the weekend here. And I would say that I feel unconfident in that, right? Not confident at all. So the only way that that distance helps you is if he actually makes the weekend. So we don't want to overweight that. It's something that you want to look at for guys that you actually have a little bit of confidence in making the cut. So these guys down here, really nobody. Below $6,500, the first guy that even pops up in my projections, and it's like 30 or 40 guys down, is Chasen Hadley, who I ended up playing last week in my main lineup, and he just blew up right from the start. It was absolutely terrible at $6,300. He is like my number 44 overall play this week. So, I mean, say with that what you want. I'm probably not dipping below $6,500. I'm probably, honestly, not dipping into the 6K range. Guys like Justin Sue look okay. Mark Hubbard did withdraw at $6,500. He would have been at least a, a somewhat decent option. But outside of Streelman, outside of Norlander, that's probably where the, the line stops for me below $6,000. Again, if you're somebody who just wants to kind of build balance, there's a low 7K range this week that you should be taking over the 6K range. Sometimes you get a Lanto depending on the event that you're playing in, or you get a Carlos Ortiz, but these guys have been playing better now, so they're no longer in this range. So nobody really below 6,500, probably nobody. And I can just type up the $6,500 page if you're watching on YouTube right here and just scroll. There's not much here. If you want the full data, full stats, projections, and all that stuff, you can check out Patreon down below in the description. Any questions, just let me know. But that is where I'm at right now. A just quick course preview and just a salary range by salary range breakdown as of Tuesday with some in-depth research already done from a projection standpoint, from just looking at the field, looking at what happened last week, looking at ownership, all that type of stuff. We have the tools down below, but yeah, I feel good about this week. But I'm excited for this, right? We get the bigger names back. We get to see John Rahm off of this quote-unquote injury with new clubs, right? We get to see Rory. Yet again, we get to see Patrick Reed, who's had kind of an up-and-down start. We get to see Xander take on this course where he has not had any success. You get Finau off of last week. You get to see Harris English after we've only seen him one time since winning. Brooks again, can he get his stuff back? Hovland's returning to the field, and I like that a lot. Pretty fun field, pretty loaded field, especially when you're looking at that 8K and above range. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the like and subscribe before you go. That notification bell so you can know if we're going live tomorrow around noonish for PGA and also every single day for NBA. We go live. We post videos for other sports as well here for DFS and betting. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. My name is Sal Vetri. You can follow me on social media. It's at Sal Vetri DFS on Twitter. Sal underscore Vetri on Instagram. Reach out if you got any questions. Appreciate you people. Peace out. Y'all are crazy motherfuckers.